Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the most unfiltered, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Folks, it is that time again. That's right. It's time for another wonderful episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, and with me as always, my good friend, partner in crime, and co-host, my man Link. Folks, this week, we're going to be returning to the land of Bruce Lee. That's right. If you remember, a few weeks back, several weeks back, we did an episode on Link's, one of Link's favorite Bruce Lee movies, uh, which is Fist of Fury, or how it used to be called in America, The Chinese Connection. But this week, we're going to do my favorite Bruce Lee movie. And with that, my friend Link, I want to toss it over to you. Why don't you tell the people what we're talking about? Oh, Jay, we're talking about um, Fist of Fury. Of uh, the big boss, Fist of Fury is my favorite. We're talking about the big boss, um, 1971 Hong Kong film, directed by Lo Wei, um, produced by Raymond Chow, who you know he did most of uh, Lee's movies for Golden Harvest, right? And, and uh, yep, yeah, 100 minutes budget was a hundred thousand dollars, brought in 50 million dollars back then. That was a lot of money for a movie like this. I mean, that I mean, it's, it's also Bruce Lee's like. Not first movie, but first, like, starring role. Oh, yeah, to the best of my knowledge, this was his, his, his leading his leading role. His first yeah, his role, first, yeah. like, leading role. Yeah. yeah, this is the one that he carries the whole thing. Yep. Every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's to the best of my knowledge, yeah, that's what I... Yeah, this was after they canceled the Green Hornet. Right, and then Bruce had gone to Hong Kong... Mm-hmm. I can't remember the reasons why. Maybe it was business reasons or family-related. I can't remember. But Bruce went over there to Hong Kong and somehow or another got hooked up with Raymond Chow and the Golden Harvest Studios. But did you hear this story? Tell me, tell me if you've heard this. Mm-hmm. I read not too long ago, actually, maybe a few weeks ago, that Run Run Shaw, the man that was behind the Shaw Brothers studios in Hong Kong, you know, did all those classic, wonderful kung fu pictures that we all love and adore. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, they had a chance to get Bruce Lee on their, you know, on, in their studio, on their actor, on their roster. Uh, and I don't know what happened, but it didn't go through. Something about Run Run Shaw. Mr. Shaw didn't think Bruce Lee could be a star or something like that, and so Bruce went over to Golden Harvest. Wow, wow, how I mean, how do you think that would have been if he had been with the Shaw Brothers studio? Probably still be alive. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking a. Uh, Here we go. Yeah. Conspiracy theory. One. No, no, no. I, I never heard that, but you know, it's one of those things that I think Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls. Elvis Presley and Bruce Lee, they chose the worst people in the world to to affiliate their, their career with. I really do, because, you know, it's just so odd that Bruce was in his girlfriend's house when he died. Uh, they gave him a pill that wasn't proven yet, that it was known to give people allergic reaction, aside, besides the, uh, the aspirin. I forgot the name of the pill. I saw a documentary uh, on a Disney Channel, actually, in the Disney uh, app. You, anybody um, can see it in there. It's with uh, some kind of world mysteries or something. Uh, Lauren Fishburne is the the, the guy who uh, hosts the show. Okay. World's mysteries or you know something like that. And Bruce Lee's brother was in the show on that one episode where he contacted somebody over there to go over the 
autopsy and they said, you know, bruising had nothing in his body that um, that he was strangled, that he was, you know, they showed, they showed the entire autopsy, but uh, that one pill had given other people problems. And, you know, a lot of people think that it was an aspirin that killed him, but no, she gave him, uh, his girlfriend gave him two pills. And the other one was the one that gave some people, had killed some people. It wasn't over the counter. They discontinued it. But, and it's just odd that Chow was there, you know, like, I don't know. You're seeing somebody in an extramarital affair. Why will the director be there too? Yeah, point. Yeah, like it never made any sense to me that, that, that he was there. But nevertheless, I don't know if she was an actress too and maybe he was there dealing with it. Maybe he had, maybe he didn't do nothing. But, you know, I'm just saying it's a lot of, uh, that was the only thing odd about his death with, with that situation. And, and it is a known fact that this is not something that, that, uh, that I made up or that I came to the conclusion by, by looking into it, but it was a known fact that Bruce was having internal problems with, with, uh, with Chow because of the uh, money. He wanted to know why these movies were doing so well. And he he, again. Why? And he wasn't being paid properly. Golden yeah. Harvest was making, you know, and he was Golden Harvest, basically. If you well, think, yeah. yeah. The had a plethora of actors and actresses they could go to, and Golden, uh, Golden Harvest just had Bruce, and that was it. Man, uh, Shaw Brothers, I'm still buying boxes with their stuff. Like, Shaw Brothers was the, 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 they were hard, bro, to beat. They had a little island right outside over there, and they had a, and a hill, they had the studio, and they were making it happen, dude. Shaw Brothers, man, hey, that studio, Run Run Shaw was running that thing like a boot camp. Yeah, he wasn't playing around. That was, yeah, that was, he was getting disciplined people in there, bro. That studio literally ran 24-7. Like, it, there was something going on filming-wise 24-7. There's a really good kung fu movie, uh, I should say documentary on Netflix called Kung, kung Fu Kicks or something like that. Yes, yeah, Kung Fu Kicks. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. And they talk a little bit about the Shaw Brothers and how they ran things and how they they had their little stable of actors and actresses and, and people that did stunts and effects and even had their own stable of people that did the sound effects, you know, the little punchy sound effects. They yeah, get yeah. two the wood and clang it together and there's your fist sound, <laughs> your punch sound. So, uh, yeah, it was like it was literally a boot camp over there. It was military style. Well, and, it, and not only what is impressive about this studio is that it ran from 1925 to 2011. Yeah, and it was around forever. I know people say it's heyday. It was probably, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and they were pioneers. I mean, the only thing that they, they copy some shit a few times, you know, like they copy the uh, Warner Brothers logo. And put oh, the God, like, like hands down they did. Yeah, yeah no, they, they, they own it. They never said that they did it. They say they model it after Warner Brothers. But they the never... thing that Shaw Brothers has going for it is not only do they have that familiar logo, but, you know, at the beginning of every movie showing that it's a Shaw Brothers pictures, you have that translucent glass in the background. Yeah, and then you have the Shaw Brothers logo up there too. Yeah, no. Every time, man, I get goosebumps sometimes when I put. It I in do the too. That's like a room. It's just nostalgia. But um, they, they, bro, they, they, they even had a uh the answer to the uh to King Kong. I watched it like last month. It came on my uh, on the first box set of their their release. Is there? It's a movie about this gorilla. Yeah, 
this giant gorilla. It's their version. I mean, it's corny as can be and campy, but I enjoy it. But everything else that they did, you know, with the Venoms and everything else, I mean, that's history. The 36 Chamber. Oh, 36 Chamber is top five kung fu classics on my list. Yeah, so, you know, they, they I mean, to this day, that 36 Chamber of Shaolin is considered, and is considered to be one of the greatest kung fu movies ever made. It is, and it's, and it, and in my opinion, that statement is uh, is not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so. five five deadly bantams has been going on forever. I mean, you got new fans yeah. being born <laughs> every ten years. I mean, the other films too, like One Armed Swordsman. One Armed Swordsman, come drink with me. Uh, come drink with me is excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Brave Archer series, the One Armed Swordsman. Now, I don't know if you mentioned that just now. I'm just being an idiot. And then, you know, with Ms. Michelle Yeoh back in the limelight, I mean, Michelle Yeoh's got some Shaw Brothers movies out there, too. Exactly. They, 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 they were, I mean, if, 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 it, if, if it would gone that way, then Bruce Lee would have maybe had less of a strain carrying some of his movies. The load would have been eased. And he would have had a better, better people to work with. Not that he had bad people, but it would have elevated him even more to be in the screen with some even bigger names. And it would have just made the Shaw Brothers studio more of a household name quicker in the United States. Well, I think Bruce Lee, wa I think he wanted that pressure, though, because he wanted to be in control. He did and he didn't. He didn't want to be... He, he had no problem with the pressure for what had been said about him, but it had to come with money. And with... with, uh, with with Golden Harvest, the money was not coming to him. That's why he had so many right. problems with this man. So that's something right. that that with the Shaw brothers, it would have been a little bit differently. He would have he would have been. I think he would have done much better. I could be wrong, but everything indicates with the people that are, work for them, you don't see a lot of people frustrated and angry. You know, you may have him like everywhere else, but I think he would have done much better than with these people here. We shall see, man. I, all I know is that. Back in the day, Shell Brothers Studios was on fire. They could everything they did touched the gold, and you know what? Same with Bruce Lee. Everything he did with Golden Harvest touched the gold. And it's just unfortunate we only got what four starring action films or martial arts films with Bruce. So yep. the rest you got to watch uh, the Green Hornet to see him in action. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he had a couple cameo roles in Hollywood movies. I think he was, he had a cameo in the Wrecking Crew. Or yeah. no, he was fight coordinator in the yeah, Wrecking Crew. Yeah, yeah. Now he could. He, man, a guy like that. Had he not died, he oof, he would have started seeing the money after after the dragon came out. It's so funny. My dog Charlie is laying next to me. He's just staring me down as we're talking about Grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would. Uh, Charlie's a beautiful dog, man. I like him. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, he would have, you know, he would have definitely, he would have definitely done so many things. But had he, had he, had he stayed, I mean, had he made it, he, he wouldn't have died that early in his life. This man would have definitely been, Bruce Lee would have definitely gone to some even bigger, bigger things because he would have definitely probably moved Moved to America full time after after the last one well, that came out. I was going to ask you too because I was thinking about this last night, and um, so let's say Bruce does not pass away. Uh 
And then Enter the Dragon is released. Two questions. One, does Enter the Dragon become as big a hit if Bruce Lee doesn't pass away? And two, if it is a big hit, what does America do with Bruce? Um, I think, well, I think he would have definitely, from there, he would have had a series of movies in which he's a secret agent and stuff like that. Kind of like a you know, Hong Kong James Bond type type of deal that's what i think and yes the movie the movie with whether he had not died would maybe maybe we would have looked at that movie at the moment that you and i are having this this podcast being recorded and and ready to release we would have been having a different conversation because there would be other projects that had come out after that that would have definitely made an impact in right. martial arts and in film so But I don't think the movie, whether he had lived or died, would have would have taken anything away from it. Just because look how many years that movie has been released now. That movie's how old, and we're still talking about it. That movie is now, if I believe, I believe it's fifty years old this year. Fifty years old, and and we're still talking about it. I came across that movie when I was uh, when I was already. Uh, probably nine or, or eight years old and, and that movie was impactful when I watched it. I was so into it. It was so interesting to me when I was a kid and I still watch it every year. So, I mean, so Enter, Enter the Dragon was your first Bruce Lee movie? I might have been. I, I can't totally recall and say that it was. Okay. I know, like I told you, which one is my favorite. Right. But uh, yeah, Enter the Dragon's a special movie, man. Enter the Dragon was... was I think it, it it was very very much done. Not only people, a lot of people think that it was done with more of an American mentality, but I think it was done more with a world mentality. It, it I think, it, yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, like people from around the world can gravitate to that movie and enjoy it. Right, but you know, as much as I love Enter the Dragon, and I'm and millions of people around the world do too. It was the movie we're talking about today, though, The Big Boss. That's the first Bruce Lee movie I ever saw. Are we talking about The Big Boss today? We've been talking about all kinds of stuff except for The Big Boss. <laughs> well, so, I guess we're just leading up to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, again, it was his first major role. I mean, it had it showed Bruce Lee doing the things that, that he even talked about that he wanted to showcase. Like, he didn't like the whole alcohol and being drunk. And in this one, he takes a few drinks and pretends to be heavily intoxicated. Yeah, that was a little strange. Yeah, but he wanted to do that because he said uh -huh. he wanted to showcase, you know, how bad people get into that. Well, that's true. And the, well, the movie itself is really a big message of don't do drugs. It, 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 it actually was, yes. It actually was, and they say they say Raymond Chow was no was no uh, was no uh, uh, angel, but I'll leave it at that since I don't have proof, and he's probably I don't know if he's dead. Um, but yeah, the movie had to do a lot with drugs and people hiding in plain sight and taking advantage of these people in this small little village. That's right. Uh, so the basic plot, if you're you know anybody who hasn't seen it, if you haven't, then drop what you're doing. Go watch it, then come back to us. <laughs> But um, basically, part of Big Boss is Bruce Lee's character. You know, comes into town. He's immediately set up shop, working for family or with family at an ice factory. Come to find out, the ice factory is actually a front 
for a drug lord. He is pushing drugs and hiding them in the ice and shipping them. Yeah. And then the, uh, but all of a sudden, you know, some employees go missing because they kind of figure out what's going on. And instead of just firing the poor employees who find the drugs, they just take them off the planet. Yeah, and that's what gets Lee involved because his character has to go in and find out why members of his family have not arrived. Right, right. So Lee, who, by the way, at the beginning of the movie, we are told... Shane. Shane, that's right. He has taken a, a, a vow not to fight. He had promised, I believe it was his mother, not to fight anymore. I remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin did that in wrestling. Yeah, I remember that. <gasps> That was so good. Yeah. But uh, so Bruce or Chang, he can't fight. He's got this medallion necklace thing on that kind of reminds him. And then, uh, of course, in a way, the way the movie is set up and the plot is set up, Bruce Bruce as Chang, he's he's forced to fight. He is forced to let loose a fury of kicks and punches and blood and guts and spit and ass. Bruce Lee goes off, baby. Yeah, when he when when he gets warm, remember when he got he he was warm about it was at a this prostitute that was at a dinner party where he got drunk. Right. Yeah, and she she tells him that his life is in danger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She told him uh, about the drug operation. Yeah, and then once Bruce, you know, kind of gets involved, we we see him do what he does best. But what to me. I think one of the more underrated fight scenes in the movie doesn't even involve Bruce Lee. It involves, and I cannot remember the character's name. He, the way he's set up, he's like a co, he's like a co-lead of the movie. Um, God, what's his name? I cannot remember his name without looking it up. But anyway, but, you know, he he's friendly. He brings in Bruce, introduces him to everybody at work. But when friends go missing. Oh boy, he goes to the big boss's house, and guess what? He gets killed because he's asking too many questions. Yeah, you don't ask them them drug lords too many questions. Yeah, but that was the cool fight scene, though, out out there and the and the you know at, at the manor of the drug lord between our second character. God, I cannot remember his name. Um, unfortunately, he you know he gets killed, but then again, with that character dying, that just kind of pushes Bruce Lee forward. Chain gets ready to go to battle. But uh, yeah, that's that one fight scene was awesome. Even the end fight scene was good. The ending fight was epic. Oh man, how about you know <laughs> the quick little scenes of Bruce Lee dodging dogs, <laughs> jumping in the air. Yeah, jumping in the air and kicking. Oh, that's great. And, and then in the end, I mean, Kane ends up beating the car out of that boss out of the drug lord. <laughs> he beats the shit out of him. He beat the ever-living shit out of him. Oh, man. Don't mess with Bruce Lee. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people say that Bruce Lee in a, in a, in a UFC fight, he would have never made it. I, UFC is a different animal. That's a different, a whole different ballgame. See, I think he would have made it. I think he would have had a, a... I think 
Bruce Lee was the type of character that could pretty much could have done anything he put his mind to. Yeah, because his mentality was about that, about about not one single martial art was expanding and learning all kinds of stuff. It's like a boxer, like like a real boxer. Look what happened to Ronda Rousey when she ran into a real boxer in a in, a, in an octagon. Got her ass kicked. Yeah, some badass striker that can hit you multiple times and hits with their hips and hits hard and has the skills to dodge a few hits and didn't let you grab him, grab her real easy. Yeah, that thing is no joke, man. But I think I think Lee would have made it on the UFC if he would have had to go down that road. Okay, here we go. I found that character's name. I couldn't remember. Uh, his name in the movie was Chen. He's a guy wearing the, for most of the movie, he's wearing like that blue, blue, uh, martial arts outfit the the actor's name is james ten james ten yeah he appeared in like a lot of those uh movies i don't know if he always worked for the uh did he always work for golden harvest mm, i i don't know i'm just what i'm trying to look up now uh, his filmography is really not very big i got it i got it he appeared on the prodigal son he appeared on uh Yes, I do remember that one. Easter Condors. That was that was that was with Jackie Chan. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Dragons Forever. Wow, he worked. Well, I mean, he's eighty-one years old. Wow. Yeah. Hey, but unfortunately, his character has a bad demise in the big boss. On the big boss, <laughs> yeah. But this guy was a legitimate martial artist. Badass. Yeah. He was. He was awesome. I thought he was really, really good. And according to what I'm reading here, he. Uh, He's also done a lot of movies with Simo Hum. Yeah, where I'm, where I'm looking at, he, he, man, he began with the Shaw Brothers in the '60s. So yeah, so he's been around a minute. And he went to the uh, Fu Sheng Drama School in Taipei. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this guy was no, 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 uh, no slouch. This dude was for real, bro. This guy yeah. earned his shop before the he before he got to work next to Bruce Lee. Yeah. Man, sure did. Yeah, I wish. Go, uh, well, the Show Brothers kept them, kept them for a while, but I guess he wanted um, to go. He worked with uh, with uh, Low Way and Raw Cor Courage, and I guess after that, he appeared in a number of uh, Show Brothers. But then he moved to Golden Harvest to play Bruce uh, Lee. He wanted to play with Bruce Lee. Hmm. I guess so. In the Big Boss, yeah. Well, he got his. Uh... And he was also on Fist of Fury. Was he a character in Fist of Fury? Yeah, he was. He was probably. He probably had a small role because the Chinese are weird about that kind of stuff. They ain't gonna have him play Bruce Lee's cousin and the big boss, and then put him in something else, make him his cousin again, or make him close to him on Fist of Fury. So I don't remember what he played on Fist of Fury, but I know the director Lo Wei had a had a had a role in Fist of Fury. Yeah, he did. He did. And then he was originally intended, I'm reading his, his bio here, he was originally intended to play um, a co-star on Game of Death. But okay, Game of Death was the film Bruce Lee was working on before he passed away, right? Exactly, yeah. That's why it says in here that his, his role was reduced after, after Lee died in 1973. Okay. Wow. So I got you. In 76, he started on, with John Woo. This guy worked for all the best... Uh, John Wu, huh? Yeah, he worked on Hand of Death, films of his three brothers, Sammy Hyung, Jackie Chang, and Jim Biao. They call right, them the hey. three brothers. 
Okay. Hey, oh, real quick, I just got reminded of something here. I saw it off topic, but did you see the new trailer for the new Expendables movie? Yes. I, I'm disappointed. Why are you disappointed? Because uh, Megan Fox is in it. Well, that's one. <laughs> but it just—I don't know. It looks shitty. It looks cheesy. It, it doesn't look like high quality like the first three. I don't know. Maybe Sylvester Stallone has been busy with that uh, that uh, King of Tulsa. Well, he's also been doing that reality series, which if any of you have ever watched, if you're a Stallone fan, stay away. Uh, I don't watch reality. Uh, it killed it for me with Ozzy Osbourne. You know, I was a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan. I still, I'm still a fan of Ozzy Osbourne. But for a, for a, for a minute there, I couldn't even listen to his music because the damn reality show would pop up. I hate reality shows. I only liked one single reality show my whole life because the first season of uh, Survivor, it was something that everybody was doing. So, of course, you had to do it with everybody. I remember that show Lost was out at the same time, and it was like the last things that people that I would gather with other people when I lived in South Carolina. I got but, you. But, um, yeah, I've only watched one show and was on BH1, and it was a show about the next white rapper, some shit like that. Mayo, the next <laughs> white rapper, it was called. And it was so funny and so unreal. It sure hell wasn't me, I tell you that. Uh, no, I know, but it was so funny <laughs> and so real to watch it that I, I watched it every week. And that was the, the last reality show. Other than that, I don't really care about reality shows. It's just... But, well, Stallone's, got, Stallone's got one, and I must say that, uh, yeah, I, I watched half of the first episode and I was done... But there's some good news about Stallone. He's got a new documentary coming out on Netflix in November. Oh, to write to I guess because Arnold had one with with this yeah. people. Yeah, so he's gonna have one about his life. Oh, uh, dude, I am pumped up to the gills to see it. Well, that'd probably be better than than the than the uh, than the current show. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, it has to be. But uh, what I was saying is that the that I don't know the production quality or something. Something just looks off with Expendables Four. We I don't should know what. we should do the uh, Tales from the Abyss, uh, the reality show behind the scenes. <laughs> be like you'd be calling, I'd be like, man, I'm taking a shit. I'll be at the show. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll record in half an hour. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where's Jay? He, uh, he had to run outside. He's chasing Charlie down the street. <laughs> I don't be crazy. Which I to do before. No, them reality shows are all are all fake. It's all make believe together. Oh, it's all scripted anyway. I don't yeah, even know yeah. why it's all reality. Yeah, anymore. it's all scripted. Yes, they 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 because you know what are you gonna do if somebody has a stomach ache and they have to go to the bathroom? Somebody pass gas after they. Have lunch. I mean, the Kardashians are worth close to a billion dollars because of that shit. Because of the reality show, right? Yeah. My God. A billion dollars to do nothing. Yeah, because that show is, ooh. That they is. About how hard they work. They may work hard for what they do, but come on, man. How many problems, how much problems do you really have when you have that much money? No, they probably got a lot of assistance and stuff. I know the two girls, they did good for themselves because I think they became billionaires, right? The, uh, the By themselves, yeah. The two sisters, yeah. They're the, the their father is the one that is the the turning to a woman, right? That that changes his, his appearance. Yeah, Bruce Jenner. Yeah. That's that's their father, right? The stepdad, yeah. Yeah, and the Kardashians, uh the other the other girls, their their father was the guy who was an attorney who who passed away who was defending O. J. Simpson. 
If I remember right, yeah, he that passed okay. away of cancer, I believe. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, the two the two girls are the ones that yeah one the one of them they always give her a hard time. She try to put <laughs> a, it's like she tries to pass herself like she's not white. I'm sorry, uh, folks. I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, but the girl tries to dress and do, and they they have a accuser of care of uh, what do they call that thing? Uh, something appropriation. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, cultural appropriation. Uh, okay. So they accuse her of that. They're saying that she was trying to look like she was like she was African American black. Okay. So okay. what does this genius does? She, <laughs> she happens to have. No, I was laughing when I read the whole thing. I don't really care. It doesn't mean nothing to me. Right. She can she can put cornrows and do whatever the hell she wants, and it it, it don't mean nothing to me. But I guess some people <laughs> on social media. But the thing is that she got this this tequila brand, right? Uh-huh. So what does this girl, she dresses like she's working in some kind of a, a field, picking up vegetables and shit. And she poses in the back of a truck uh, with a sombrero on and her tequila bottle in her hand. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, man, whoever advised you of this is fucking stupid. Because like the uh-huh. I didn't know all that, so you just caught me up on something. I was just—I read on it one time. I got a laugh out of it. It's just not that big of a deal with me. I don't really, right. you know, I'm not into none of that. Cancel this and cancel that. You never see me saying cancel Bud Light or none of that shit. I just don't drink Bud Light. I just never drink Bud Light to begin with. You know, I'm an American. You know what I do? I support local breweries. I like the local stuff. I try to, and if I went to your city tomorrow, I would drink some of the local beers. You know, it's once in a while. Yeah, right. of course, when I'm really here, like on 4th of July, I was drinking uh, a few Mexican beers, like my favorite one, and I was drinking some Whole Garden from from uh, Belgium. I got you. I had some Miller Lite. Yeah, Miller Lite is a great beer. It doesn't give you a headache the next day and stuff like that, but I don't believe in none of that cancel culture shit that you got to cancel Bud Light because a, a, a man dressed like a woman held a beer in his hands. Get the fuck I, Well, I don't... I don't agree with them canceling Bud Light. You know what I didn't like about them doing? And I'm sorry that I got to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't like the fact that the follow-up commercial trying to save their asses. Oh, they, I know. They went and brought up September 11. Oh, I know. Fucking like they, God. That, like, they give a shit about that. Digging deep. Digging deep to get themselves out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. It was like they were reaching way too hard and they made a bit. Every time they try to defend themselves, they seem to make a bigger hole for themselves. If I were them, I just let well and well alone. Right. The guy was doing, you know, the the president of the company, he was doing something like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. Maybe it was last week. I don't I don't really recall. And he just was making shit worse for yourself. It's like, dude, at this point, you really have to show up to that podium with a damn uh, MAGA hat and some overalls and Try to pretend that you're some kind of a people's person and you're one of the people. And man, you really have to try to figure out a way to connect with a with a damn working class and the middle class of America, or whatever's left of it. Because with this economy, it's disappearing very fast. That's true. But that, ooh, jeez. Look, I'm I'm telling you now, the biggest thing that I got out of the whole Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light controversy is that. Not everybody in this country is woke. <laughs> Bud Light was counting on that culture, thinking, yeah, we go with that culture. Our sales can go through the roof. Yeah, quickly but, found out. Quickly find out that everybody is into that shit. Well, they had, they have, 
they have donated money for that and a lot of other causes. You know, they have donated. Oh, well, it's just fine if you want to donate to here and there. Fine. Yeah, you know like I, mean? I told you before, what's his name? Coors have had a uh, a rainbow flag in their cans in the past, and there wasn't that big of a problem. You know why? Because they never intended to shove it down people's throat. You want to know what company of liquor does the most sometimes for the uh, for the, uh, the the gay people that they do all kinds of put their logo, they put flags and all kinds of stuff on their logo and go around giving hats and stuff. I remember one time they tried to give me hats. I was like, man, I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm not a homosexual and I respect, but I ain't gonna wear that. But it was Jägermeister. They were in Charleston, South Carolina one time. I was walking into the music farm and before you enter the music farm, and they were in the right place. They were at a gay gay club that is like blocked from the music farm. Have you ever been to Charleston, South Carolina? Right. And yeah, they were known, uh, Jägermeister was known to have giveaway shirts and stuff with flags and stuff. And that wasn't that big of a problem. People are still drinking Jägermeister around the world. But the problem was that they never, they never intended to shove it down people's throat, you know. They never, they never said, hey, oh, you're homophobic because you don't take this shirt and, and whatnot. Well, they were cool about it. Well, think about this, okay. What is the one thing, what is one of the many things that wrestling fans hate? And that is when a promoter tries to shove somebody down the audience, audience's throat, try to make them like oh, the yeah, wrestler, that, right? Yeah, that in wrestling is bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it happened, and people hate it. That same thing here. Nobody wants that kind of stuff shoved down their throats. Yeah, yeah. The best thing they could they could do, the, the best thing Bud Light can do is remain for, you know, I'm not an expert on branding or none of this stuff, but if I were them, I'd just keep it quiet for a while and hope for the best. I would too. Um, if I was Bud Light, just stay your course. I wouldn't even come out with any kind of ad campaign. I would just be like, you know, we're still. I saw, I think it was either a TikTok video or a meme or something the other day about Bud Light. And, and it just had a picture of the Bud Light can and it says, the only good beer is an open beer. Just go with that. There you stay. go. It's like the, when you walk into Firestone, the only the, the best used car is the one that you're still driving. Right, so just, just keep it simple, roll with it, and this time a year from now, maybe it'll be gone away. Yeah, that, I mean, I would change the entire style. I would say we fire everybody in here. Give them all their packages and let them go run something else. Yeah. And come now, in with different faces. I put the flag in there. Hell, I like it. We did a show where we tell you what to put in there. We put Donald Trump with our shirt, holding a sword, fighting a dragon. Yeah. Some shit like that, man. Something. Riding, like riding a Harley Davidson with Chuck Norris in the sidecar. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Man, I do the, the, the 80s uh, action heroes, and I put one can with Cobra in it. I put one can with Missing in Action in it. You got to put, put Rainbow on it. <laughs> I put one can with a Terminator in it. Yeah, man. I'm Hey, Lone Wolf McQuaid, I put him on the can. Oh, yeah. I think they were I, drinking. I put Lone Wolf McQuaid on a can of dip. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, bro. That would that would have, yeah. Oh. But that's just me. No, you're I would, uh I would put Steven Seagal on a package of toilet paper. Wow, old Steven Seagal. I think he got in trouble with the mob here in the United States and he had to move to Russia. The reason I, I just mentioned Steven Seagal, I think I watched Hard to Kill last night. Yeah. Late last Oh, I like all his early movies. You know, at the end, he just yeah. got. Steven Seagal never gets hurt, ever. Uh uh. But in real life, he's that bad. He's a bad. I understand. He's a real badass, but I mean, there's no adversity. There's no. 
I mean, John McClain gets beat up. Even Van Dam gets beat up. But Matt Seagal, nope. Nope. Matter of fact, he take he take he he took on a guy last night in the movie on his knees. <laughs> Man, on their seas you steal the shit. The first one is awesome, but it's not because of Seagal. Why? It's because, because of Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. No, I went to see it because of Seagal. But oh, Tommy, I did too. But Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, looking back on it, yeah, his 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 role in it was was very good. Yeah, man, Steven Seagal, those those early movies. Yeah, and then Richie, oh, <laughs> Gary Busey's in it. Oh yeah, the iconic. Welcome one. to the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> the iconic one. Yeah. Wow, Gary Busey, dude, got to meet. I him did in like Under Siege too, though. You didn't like it? No, I did like Under Siege. You too. like it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. That one was in a uh, in a train, right? The first yeah. one? In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Die Hard on a Train, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I like them both. I like those 80s corny movies. Hey, speaking of, uh, the, the third one would have been in a sub. Of course. Speaking of submersibles, do you know that this people with the... Um, Uh-oh. No, I'm just going to tell you that they're advertising for uh, 2024. They have two open dates. If you still want me and the rest of the gang at Tales from the Abyss to chip in some money, you can still go. I know you're by then recuperating for all the stuff that you got going on. And you're going to be healthy enough to make that that dive if you would like. We will chip in and ain't nothing but money to me. So they have two open dates on June or July of 2024. To go see Titanic? Ocean Gate. Yes, sir. No. No, man, I'd rather go sit in a bathtub full of pine cones. I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, the more the more it comes out, the more it looks like this guy was just a little bit on. And may he rest in peace. He died, you know, and, and a lot of right. people were, you know, they, they, they were not very kind saying that he was dumb. No, he was a very intelligent man. The head honcho at, at Ocean Gate. But what he was, he was very cheap. Like they have had news has come out of, of noises that the the ship made when it went down a few times and he said well the things always make that kind of noise huh. and then some other things that he mixed the the you know the the the, the components did not mix well but he still said eh we go with it i mean i'm a visionary you know like maybe he believed in himself so much that he was blinded by the reality of what science is, and he was a man of science, but he probably believed in himself more than he did in science, and that was what got him, cost him his life. Right. Because a lot of coming out that they cut a lot of corners in that place. So what happens, man. You do something like that, you cut corners. That means tragedy is going to happen. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Somebody taught me once. I don't remember who it was, but so, I, I was taught in life, never get into something that you don't know how to, never get somewhere that you know how to, get, you don't know how to get out. Like, even till this day, when I go to a restaurant, I go to a club or something, I'm always mm-hmm. looking at the exits. I always want to know how to get out of the situation before I, I go in. Fair enough. Yeah, because, I mean, in you know, you go to the bottom of the ocean. Like, if you would ask that guy, hey, here's my $200,000, but if something goes wrong, how do we may, oh, no, this thing will make it up on its own. It releases all kinds of stuff, and it'll float up to the air. It's like, right. no, what happens if all of everything fails? Is there a way for people upstairs to come get me? And right. I have to tell you, no, there's no way to do it. Not with enough nothing, time to save you. Nothing, nothing wrong with having a plan. And speaking of plans... How about 
the fool of Butcher Debashi. He's got a big old plan going on up there at Debashi Market. I heard that he's doing gangbusters out there. Man, day full of the Busher Devashi is uh man, he's working hard, but I need him to get back. He well, he's when you get a business going, it's pretty young. The business is young, even though he's got a lot of experience. So before you know it, he is going to be going back to the ring sooner or later. So we need that business to get back, you know, the business to be rolling on his own so he can get back out there and carve his name and give his signature some people's foreheads. There you go. That's what I'm hoping because, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I, th I think he's. He's still got a lot to offer in the wrestling world, and he's over there getting his bed. You know, I can't blame him, but he, you know, he's he, he's healed. His body's healed, and he's ready to go. But it'll be a while. But yeah, the Bashi Market man, and nobody has gone back. And you see, you see how it works in this country, Jay. Like that's why the mafia was so respected at one point. They call them organized crimes. They were not thugs. They were not a gang. The chances of one of them killing you and you were just a, a regular Joe walking down the street was very thin. Right. And, you know, this man went and put somebody in his place that walk in there and just grab a beer out of the cooler and walk out, stole from him, basically. Another yeah. crackhead lady did the same thing. He went and took away what she stole from him and took her shoes and threw them. <laughs> I don't know where he threw them, but, you know, he went that far. And, you know, that people stopped going in there and stealing from him. And, and he made a stand, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's the thing, you know, that, that people make a stand and a lot of these criminals, they, they, they find somewhere else to pay because they're really just looking for, for an easy target. Right. Yeah, that's true. And that's what these people were looking for in this movie, The uh the big boss, the big boss was looking for this people in the village that he felt they were not educated enough and they were just struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, and he took advantage of them. And it happens on any society. You know, it happens with the human trafficking that's going on in this country. Big shout out to uh, to uh, Mel Gibson, even though I'm, uh, you know, Mel Gibson is his own worst enemy when he's drunk, but so am I. So am I. Oh, man, me too. Who is Yeah, it? so am I. So, well, I mean, I really can't put so much... Too much harm on the guy. Maybe he has a disease. I haven't developed a disease yet, but boy, I love me some good tequila and some good bourbon. Um, and uh, on that uh, human trafficking movie, big shout out to him for making a movie of human trafficking. It's the worst of time to make a movie like that. Don't be surprised if he, Mel Gibson, has an accident. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, and the big boss, you know, the, the, the bad guy, he's hiding in plain sight. He's taking advantage of these people because they're leaving paycheck to paycheck. And... Man, he uh, he ran into the wrong guy. Finally, he killed the wrong the wrong people that have spotted him, and you know it all came crashing down because Bruce Lee canceled his contract. Bruce Lee went full blown Punisher on him. Damn straight he did. I mean, Bruce Lee went full blown Punisher. Bruce Lee would have been a mailman back then. The dogs would have would have just come to the gate and release grab the uh, mail out of his hands and bring it to their. To their owners. Oh, I know. Because Bruce, Bruce Lee, man, he got pissed off and that was it. Man, he got pissed off and he went Matrix, Matrix style, flying through the air. Them dogs were going down there crazy looking for him. <laughs> I know. That, I thought that was pretty funny, actually. That was hilarious, dude. That was so good. But, yeah, I'll tell you, the big boss, I, I think it's not only the first Bruce Lee movie I, I saw, I think it's... That's probably my favorite martial arts movie, period. 
The big balls, right? The big balls, yeah. yeah if, I had a, if I had to make a list of five favorite martial arts movies, I'd have the big balls at number one. I don't blame you. I actually agree with you that it is that good. It should be on the top five. Yeah, definitely a top five. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, all his movies should be top top five. Except for Game of Death. Yeah, but he died. That wasn't that wasn't him. We we judging him on three. We judging him on on uh basically we're judging him based on the big boss, Fist of Fury, and Enter the Dragon. That's basically all we have, right? To judge him. In Way of the Dragon. In Way of the Dragon. That's the the, the three movies that we got to judge him on. Yeah, he did Big Balls, Four. Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, and Enter the Dragon. Yeah, that's all. We don't have much to judge him on. That's it. That's it. But look how impactful does, they have been. He does fight Chuck Norris at the end of Way of the Dragon, though. Oh, that's right. That's that's that's. I got friends of mine. That's their favorite. They love that. Ah. Shit, they can't stop talking about that movie. You know, that's that's how impactful this man is. Yeah, People cannot good, stop talking about him. He's dead. Yeah. He's been dead for so long, and his 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 life was so impactful in people's life, so inspiring. Some people have taken martial arts. Some people have taken his quotes. Like I was watching a show yesterday that from uh, Barstool Sports, they went into Dana White, president of the UFC. They went into his his headquarters, his offices, uh -huh. and he had all kinds of cool stuff. And when he went to the um, to the uh, to the gym, to Dana White's gym at the office, because the office this place is so big with so much stuff going on in there that uh, he's got quotes of all the people that he like, and the and what the biggest quote is from from Bruce Lee on the wall like even billionaires have this guy's quote on their walls well bruce lee to a lot of people especially the ones that actually like really follow and study and practice martial arts being bruce lee's a way of life yeah yeah i mean his his writings his studies his philosophies I mean, he was going to be a great philanthropist, I think. I think he was going to be a... Bruce Lee, if he had had lived, I think he was going to have charities and stuff stuff like that all over the world. I, absolute, I, I absolutely believe that. Because his son was going in a direction, raising awareness for a lot of stuff. His son didn't like communism. Well, he was born and raised in America. Of course, he's not going to be very inclined to his, any kind of communist thing, but, you know. But you know, Brandon Lee. I mean, he's only had he only has what a handful of movies to go by too. So. Unfortunately, yeah. When he got his, he's like like his father. When he got his real big one, that people were just buzzing about his 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 movie, The Crow. That's when he he met his demise. Right. Yeah. I mean, you remember he had, we had of course we've talked about it before, but you know the movie Rapid Fire, uh, which is a movie I still love. I like Rapid Fire. Yeah, I, I mean, despite the love scene with the song called Can't Find My Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just unfortunately that family, uh, well, the family meaning Bruce and Brandon Lee, it's just unfortunately their, their deaths came so soon. Way too soon. Way yeah. too soon. Way too soon. And uh, we're coming to the end of this. Um, if Jay wants to... Uh, Tell the, 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 his listeners, our listeners in the show, you know, that Jay's going to be, this is our last show with Jay for a while. Jay's going to be going for a little bit. I don't know how you want to say bye to the to the fans, Jay, but. Well, 
Um, I did do an episode of Linderman's Pigs yesterday. Well, kind of explained everything a little bit. Uh, I mean, I didn't give out any picks per se. Uh, I basically just went over the end of season one, saying that you know <clears throat> I'll be back hopefully by the time football season starts, which is about a month and a half. Roll tie. Roll tight, baby. I don't know how good they're going to be, but we'll see. <clears throat> anyway, so what's happening, folks, is a couple months ago, um, I got rushed to the hospital for a medical issue. Thankfully, my wife was home that day. And uh, this one was when I was working from home all the time. And uh, after a series of tests and everything, uh, come to find out that I had an aneurysm on my aortic heart valve. Jeez. And and it started to swell, and because it started to swell, it started to leak, and now the swelling has not gone down, and it's starting to affect other areas. So on August the 7th, I will be going in for open-heart surgery to have that valve completely replaced. Good stuff. And then, but <clears throat> considering this is normally something that would happen to somebody that's older than me uh because of my age is still relatively young i can you know i'll be able to make a hundred percent recovery and that recovery time we're thinking is going to be about a month or so so or, or sooner i'm hoping it won't be i'm just counting in on stuff <laughs> to happen maybe worst case scenarios but i'm i'm pretty sure i can be back within a month or so mm-hmm. um at least that was also a given time by the doctor well, so, I, I'll be here by well, my I'll be here by myself. So, are you gonna be doing shows by yourself? Yeah. So don't listen to them because I'll probably get in trouble with you. It's like leaving. Why? A kid, it's like leaving a kid alone. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like leaving a kid in a candy store. Uh, man, do what you gotta do. Oh man. Well, we got we got uh, we we got Jay in our thoughts. We know Jay's gonna make it because we know who Jay is. At least I know Jay's story and I know how tough he is. But you know. It was good for you to, you know, let our listeners know where you're going to be for the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't want to do it, but at the same time, it, it has to be done. It's like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's so. none. There's none. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, we set up the surgery date for as soon as we could, just so we could go ahead and get it out of the way. That's right. So, uh, but fortunately, too, my beautiful wife, Caitlin, is a nurse. Yeah, that's a plus. That's real good. And I'm actually having my surgery in a old cardio unit that she used to work in. Wow. So that's going to be a big help, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. But I'm going to miss doing it every week. I mean, I look forward to it every week. Um, yeah, man. That's, that's not just this, but, you know, your picks. When- and then listening to Arthur and Rennie Rico do their thing, and well, you can still listen to them. You can still. Listen oh yeah, to I'll be listening. Whatever, whatever's put out, I'll be listening. Yeah. So that's 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 what we got for this week. I mean, it's been an interesting show. We talk about all kinds of stuff, like always, back and forth. But we somehow, some way, at the end, we always tie it all together. We do, man. We do. And, and before like you any know it, great, and like any great dynamic duo, man, we always come in strong, man. Come in strong at the finish. <laughs> yes, sir. That's the way to do it, baby. That's the way to do it, man. So, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just, I am going to, I mean, I'm not going to be gone that long, to be honest. It feels like it's going to be, 
but uh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely going to miss it because you know you do. Yeah, you know, I've been on Tales from the Best now for almost three years and been doing it week in and week out. So yeah, we only we 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 used to take the the Fourth of July uh, week off, but this year we didn't. We still tape and recorded an episode and. Yeah. And brought it in, you know, and then we always take Christmas because that's summertime and Christmas is the worst time to do a podcast, you know. Everybody's busy. Everybody. I mean, everybody's recording it ahead of nobody cares about none about listening to a podcast. We just do it because we love it. We're fans. We just enjoy doing this. But to be honest with you, we wish we had uh, Joe Rogan's money and we could take the month off and go and have some uh, mad honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I had some mad honey last night. I don't know if it's from the top. Of, I've been working real hard this week, and I I don't know if it was the mad honey or but man, whatever it was, something just shot me down, bro. I was totally gone, and I had cooked some chicken to prep. You know, I pre I like to prep meals ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I had to get up at three thirty in the morning and rescue the chicken that I. It was the oven was off. Oh, I no. usually I have, no. I usually have a technique where I brown my chicken in the sauté pan. And then I'll put a, a steel bowl on top of it to let it steam and finish cooking. That way, I don't like overcooking it. That way, my chicken is moist, but it has a nice brown crust in the outside. And it, it always works. But you can't forget to put it back in the icebox when you're done. Man, That's true. I, I forgot last night. I had to get up at 3 in the morning. I said, oh, shit, the chicken. <laughs> I don't know if the <laughs> mad honey contributed to it or what it was. But I had some mad honey last night. And it was uh, a spicy, tangy. Mm -hmm. It did okay. play with my it played with my palate for a little bit. It made it feel weird, but you know I'm a big honey fan. I I, I try to try honey from all over, from people that are legit. Honey is very expensive. It's not it's not a habit that you want to get into. It it's not as expensive as caviar, but you got to make sure you buy it from the right people because a lot of crooks they like to put uh uh corn syrup and mix it and tell you that it's honey. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's not something that you can buy from from everybody. It's got to be from real reputable people. I recommend the the B Boys in Hawaii. They always deliver good quality products with honey. Ah, very well. Sounds good. So, folks, for the great Jay Landerman, I am Link, and telling everybody stay safe out there. We'll be doing. I'll be doing the show alone, but Jay let everybody know what's going on, and he'll be back sooner than later. They all sit, man. Take care, folks. <laughs>